Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is John Cassidy Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host for this week. I came across a quote I really liked, which was, you can judge the success of somebody not by the size of their TV, but the size of their library. And if you would like to predict somebody's success in the future, have a look at what books they are reading and also who they're hanging out with. And as we have a wonderful community starting to grow here at nlpcourses.com, we've got that covered. So in this session, I'd like to explore the essential books of NLP. So three books I think that are key. If you've been involved in NLP for any period of time, these are the books to read. So the first book to explore would be The Structure of Magic by Richard Band and John Grinder. I do recommend Volume 1 and Volume 2, but here I'm talking about Volume 1. It is a classic book in NLP. And I, I find you get the most from this book after the third reading, which we'll come back to. This book introduces us to the meta model. Now, the meta model is based on how we intuitively use language, with the idea being that we create maps of the world that we then operate through, and we create those maps through language. And it's a process called deletion, generalizations, and distortions. So we delete pretty much most of what's going on around us. We have to, we'd go crazy if we didn't. But also we distort information. And a way to think about your beliefs are distortions because you make the world fit your reality and not the other way around. We also generalize information. And it's very useful to generalize information because you don't want to have to learn how to use a chair every time you see a chair that's a different shape, different material or different fabric. Okay, so we're creating this map of the world through language. And what does the meta model do for us? It challenges that map so that we can uncover those deletions, generalizations, and distortions. And essentially what this book is about is taking this intuitive ability we have when we listen to language and putting structure in how we process language and challenge people's maps of the world. Yes, you can see its roots in transformational grammar, i.e. from John Grinder. So the highlights for this book would be, for me, the story in the preface. It's called The Prince and the Magician. Now that's because the story is fun and it's playful and it carries a message. And for me, NLP creates this space for you to be able to access your own truth. I also like to revisit chapter 4, Incantations for Growth and Potential, partly because it goes through a set of examples all designed to train you to heighten your intuitive ability for hearing the structure of language. 
And if that does not grab your interest, and I can't understand why it wouldn't, maybe I'm just weird, I love language stuff, I would also recommend the section called Syntactic Environments for Identifying Natural Language Presuppositions in English. Now when you consider when chapter 6 is called On Becoming the Sorcerer's Apprentice, you can see on the one hand, the book takes the subject seriously, and at the same time, also in a light-hearted fashion. The section called Syntactic Environments for Identifying Natural Language and Presuppositions in English, and I just like saying that title because it makes me sound intelligent. Because Richard Banner was once asked, why do you get such good results when you're working with your clients? And he said, well, I put the secret in the back of the book, the structure of magic, the presuppositions. And this was the section he was talking about. Now, I would recommend reading this book after you've taken an NLP practitioner. It would make a lot more sense. And also, like I said at the beginning of introducing this book, to read it three times. Now, the first time you read it through, let go of having to understand it. Have you noticed, as adults, we want to understand something immediately and we think that we should? Well, it doesn't work like that. Just read it through. Don't worry about understanding it. The second time you read it, you'll start to grasp some insights into it. And then the third time, you'll really start to understand what underpins NLP. And that comes from one of my favorite quotes, which is this. The second time you read a book and you find something new in the book, it's not that the book's changed, you've changed. And whenever you can, if you really want to know something, read or be involved in it at least three times. The meta model came out of observing how Virginia Satir and Fritz Perls use language. And they use language very precisely, which John and Richard called the meta model. And publicly stated that all change work is to do about being very precise with your language. And then Gregory Bateson, who is a fascinating guy in his own right, said, you guys ought to go and meet Milton Erickson. And they both said, we would love to meet Milton Erickson. And Gregory said, well, I know him. Let me introduce you. So off they went to meet Milton Erickson, who was artfully vague with his language. And John and Richard went, oops, which leads us neatly into our next book called Transformations by John Grinder and Richard Bandler. Now, the Milton language patterns were covered in detail in a book by John and Richard called Patterns of Hypnotic Techniques of Milton H. Erickson, MD. And I would highly recommend this book as well. So why did I pick transformations? Because it's the hypnosis in action. Now this is a transcript of a live seminar John and Richard conducted on hypnosis. And from this book, I think you can easily pick up the excitement of those early days of NLP, where new insights took us deeper and deeper into the understanding of how we as humans produce excellence and could take control of what's going on between our ears. Now, as soon as we say hypnosis, you often get a really strong response from somebody. And you get it the response ranging from hypnosis is everything to hypnosis is a hoax. It's all inside your head. And yes, that's right. It is all inside your head. Now, this book is really about trance, hence the name Transformations. Trance is so natural. It's a part of us as being human. And you can see references to trance throughout the centuries, and it's often this magical, unexplainable phenomena. So let's have a de working definition of trance. 
any time you go inside your head is a form of trance. That's right. You have just gone into trance if you went inside your head and said to yourself, yeah, that's right. You also see people have the car trance. You might have experienced this where you get into your car, you arrive at the destination and you don't remember the journey. Or the lift trance. People come into this little box, nobody wants to talk to each other. And what they do, they look at these numbers. And as they look at the numbers, their numbers are going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. And the doors open as someone walks out in this trance state and realizes they're not on the floor they intended to be on. So it turns around quickly and walks back into the lift. So trance is not just for making people act like chickens. That's the stage hypnosis stuff. And that's not really what we're talking about here because trance has many applications. Now, as you start to notice this natural phenomena that we're calling trance, you will see it everywhere from great salespeople, parents, teachers, trainers, politicians, caregivers, all utilize this trance. And to take a quote directly from the book we're talking about, if you think of hypnosis as altering somebody's state of consciousness, then any effective communication is hypnosis. The sponsor of this week's NLPcourses.com podcast show is the NLP Master Practitioner. Complete a full NLP modeling project and pull together your NLP skills like no other course can. Head over to the website to grab your place today. Now the potential of the applications of understanding hypnosis goes far beyond the therapeutic process that it brings. So I think the goal of the book is to help us think like Milton Erickson and the way that he unconsciously responded to what was going on around him. So this book explores not only just the language, but it goes into the details of what to observe, the words and the thinking processes and how all this fits together to produce a result. Now, as a trainer, from my point of view, I loved how easily John and Richard led the group into a trance through language. It was very elegant. So if you're involved in teaching training, I would highly recommend reading the book to see, notice the flow of trance as we go through. Now some highlights from the books for me would include chapter two. There's a, on page 35, there's something called the verbal pace and leading exercise. This exercise really shows how easy it is to produce trance without a script using a simple feedback loop. And it takes the mystery out of trance and quite simply, we call this in NLP pacing, pacing, leading. So you start off pacing what's happening at the moment for the person and then you lead them to notice what's happening inside them. So let's have another quote from the book as they demonstrate this pace, pace, lead. And they're working with somebody called Bob. Now if you're driving or you're operating machinery, you'll stay alert and safe. You can do this with your eyes opened or closed. So implied choice pacing what they can do whichever one is more comfortable again implied choice as you sit there that's pacing you can feel the support that the chair offers you along your lower back pace pace and can feel the place where the rungs are supporting your feet just in front of your heels 
pacing. And you can notice as you sit there, starting to work our way into leading but still pacing as you sit there, the warmth where your hands are resting on your legs and thighs and a sense of growing comfort. Now this is where they're starting to lead. It's also called a form of mind reading. And the next time that your eyes begin to close, still pacing, simply allow them to stay there, leading, and enjoy this grow of growing sense of comfort internally. So notice what they've done. They started from the outer world and gently paced that outer world and started to lead that person into their inner experience. Simple and elegant and then they move into some of the deeper trance work so example they started to introduce ideas like i'd like your unconscious mind to make a choice about giving you a sense of refreshment and renewal as you sit there listening to the sound of my voice going back to pacing Wonderful, very simple little exercise that you could go and do today. You could find somebody who would be open to this. And just a little tip, if you ever want to practice anything hypnotic or any technique, if you say to somebody, I just want to practice this, could you pretend to go into trance for me? It really helps them because they'll say yes. And in the pretending, they'll genuinely move into a trance. And what you do is just pace, pace, pace and start to lead them into this inner awareness. Great. So this exercise is a great primer for understanding how a language affects awareness. And in chapter two, that book really builds on that theme. So I'll, chapter two is a fundamental understanding hypnosis. Now in chapter five, we're introduced something called reframing within trance, which is a great chapter. I really enjoyed that chapter. Now, reframing in NLP means we change the meaning of a situation or thought. For example, it's not that I'm losing hair, I'm gaining face. That would be a form of reframing. Then in chapter six, which is called specific utilization techniques, this is where we take all the learnings that we've learned throughout the book and put them into action. And we're introduced to concepts like the new behavior generator, pain control and recovering personal history. Great. Now, I love this book, as you may have picked up from my enthusiasm. And I have to say, my copy of the book is actually falling apart. So I might need to get myself a new copy because I use it so much. Now, I'm talking about the original book here, Transformations, and not the new book, Transformations, by Mr. Bandler, which is a good book about NLP. I'm referring to the original that was published in 1981. Ah, the 80s. Big hair and big shoulder pads. So let's have another look at a book that was published in 1985, keeping with this 80s theme. Again, it's a transcript from a live seminar, this time conducted by Richard Bandler. It's called Using Your Brain for a Change. And it was edited by Connie Andreas and Steve Andreas. In this book, we are introduced to submodalities. And if you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you know I think some modalities are one of the most powerful applications within NLP. So in this book, Using Your Brain for a Change, is where we really start to see NLP moving away from therapeutic thinking and thinking about NLP as an educational process. 
So another way to think about that, so instead of people are broken, thinking in terms of what can we do to help them drive their own bus? Which is what chapter one is called, who's driving the bus? Your brain is always running. And if you don't give this amazing brain something to process, it will process anything. It will even start to generate its own stuff, which we call hallucinations. So if you've ever heard of sensory deprivation, where the brain's getting no, no stimulus at all, it just spontaneously starts to hallucinate information. So what if we could actively take control of our brain to deliberately to set direction? So instead of being a prisoner of your brain, you can be self-directed and drive your own bus. And this is what the book's about. This book gives you the raw tools to be able to start to program and give direction and control your thinking processes through what's called submodalities. Again, this book gives you that experience of the early days of NLP, that excitement. And that's one of the reasons I always highly recommend reading this book. I'd also recommend reading this book after you've taken some live NLP training. Yet there is no substitute for live training. Books, podcasts, videos are all part of a whole learning system and they work together with elegance. So there's many things I like about this book. So I'm going to quickly give you an overview of each of the chapters. Now we cover chapter one, who's driving the bus. So let's move on to chapter two, running your own brain. So this is talking about the fundamental principles of submodalities, the size, shape, smell, colors, and all those wonderful things which we covered in other podcasts. So that's a really good refresher. Now as we move into chapter three of this book, points of view. This is exploring association and disassociations and how they can impact us in different areas of life. And in the book, it goes into using this in traumatic situations and phobias, etc. Now, number four, chapter four, is titled Going Wrong. And this is really about how we often replay scenarios in our head and make them worse than they are, rather than using this ability we have to program our mind for success before the event. Then as we move into chapter five, this is about motivating ourselves, using how tone of language affects how we respond and how we can create feelings of motivation. And number six, understanding confusion. Ah, confusion is wonderful. It's a great tool. And this is where we're starting to move into learning. How do you organize your thoughts for understanding? Then we move into chapter seven, which is called Beyond Beliefs. How do you know you believe something? How do you know you disbelieve something? Do you suspect it's how you think about it? And this is what this chapter is about. Then we move into chapter eight, which is all to do with learning. And this chapter really stresses, it's not so much about facts. Just because you know a bunch of facts don't mean you learn it. It's about understanding how we learn. And if you can understand how you learn, it gives you the freedom, which comes back to that old saying, give someone a fish, they have a nice supper. Teach them to fish, and they'll be able to feed themselves for a lifetime. And that really, as we move into the last chapter nine, which is about the swish pattern, and the swish pattern is a really powerful tool for changing habits. 
You can see there's so much in this book. Highly recommend it. And like I said, I recommend it after you've taken some live training. I hope you found this review of some of the books that I really enjoy in NLP useful. And if you would like to have more books reviewed and recommended, please let me know. And also, I'm kind of thinking about maybe starting an NLP book club where we can discuss ideas and bounce ideas around. And if there's enough of us who want to do that, I'm happy to facilitate that. So in the resource section of this podcast, I'll put links to the three books that we've talked about. If you've got any questions, if I can serve you in any way, if you'd like to book on to one of our live trainings, please do contact me. Until next week, all the best. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to NLPcourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to NLPcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter, where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistics, programming, and beyond.